We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. The other day, I was walking my dogs early in the morning, and a runner was running on the other side of the canal, and he waved at me. And the moment that he waved at me, I began to cry. When I was growing up, my father loved watching sports. My grandfathers loved watching sports. My uncles loved watching sports. So whenever we went over to family events, all of the men would go into the television room and watch whatever sport was on. During Thanksgiving, it was football, or sometimes it was baseball, or whatever the event happened to be. All the men would be in there watching sports. And I had no desire whatsoever to be in there. It was boring to me. I wanted to be out playing with my cousins, playing superheroes, and running around in my grandfather's garden, and doing all kinds of kid things that kids love to do. I didn't want to sit in front of a television and watch sports. I thought it was absolutely boring. My father loved to play sports. When he was in high school, he was an incredibly amazing pitcher for baseball. And so as he got older, he joined adult softball leagues. And so my family would often go to watch him play. Unfortunately, the only memories I have about watching my father play softball is when a ref would make a call that my dad didn't like and my dad would lose his temper and he'd throw the bat down or then there was usually some kind of an altercation that could have resulted in the police being called because all the men would jump in together and and start in this fight or trying to pull each other off of them and so my experience watching softball was not fantastic my personal experience playing sports happened when i was in the second grade i had a friend a buddy named Jay who asked me if I wanted to play soccer with him and I thought well that sounds like fun I'd never really played any sports before and so I went I remember putting on the jersey and I remember that it was really cool that the jersey had two different colors so it was white and purple and so I could wear purple one day and white the next depending on what color the other team was wearing and I thought that was the coolest thing I don't remember this experience, but my parents have reminded me of it frequently. That the very first game, I had been decked out on with the shin protectors, and I had new cleats, and I had my new jersey on, and I was ready to go. And I was running up and down the field a couple of times, probably about five to ten minutes into the game. I came up to my parents and said, I don't want to play anymore. I am sweaty. So my parents let me quit. I never really went back to playing sports again. As I grew up 
in elementary school, I noticed that more and more of the boys were going out and playing sports on the grassy field while I wanted to play with the girls. I was hanging around with them playing weird games like V. When I was in fifth grade, there was a TV series that came out called V, Visitors, these alien visitors who were disguised as humans who came to Earth. And I actually didn't have a TV at that time. My parents had gotten rid of the TV when I was five years old. And so I actually had never seen an episode, but all the kids were talking about V. And so that's what we would play at recess. And so I would play V at recess while all the boys were over there playing soccer or basketball or whatever else that they were playing. I, I noticed that there was a, a bigger division that was taking place between me and these boys. So by the time I was in middle school and I was forced to be in PE, my lack of sports experience really shined. I remember that the coach was trying to teach us how to play badminton the little birdie that I referred to as the salt and pepper shaker, I couldn't hit that thing if my life depended on it. And the every few times that I did hit it, it would sail way across the room. When we came to basketball, I could literally stand in front of the hoop and shoot the ball 50, 60, 70, 100 times and never once make a basket. Soccer? Horrible experience. I remember that uh, my only remembering of soccer is that I would get depanced all the time. The other boys in my class would come and, and pull my gym pants down. And then when I would go into the locker room, that's where the bullying really took place. The bullies would call me gay and faggot and femme and hit me hard, uh, beat me up. They, the boys would sometimes follow me home from school and mock me and tease me. So as all of that was going on, I was developing a negative core belief that athletes are jerks. They can't be trusted. They're mean. And I don't. I am not one of them. I'm separate from them. And I carried that negative core belief with me until well into my 30s. I was terrified to go anywhere near a gym. I didn't want to have anything to do with athlete athletics. Any of that was it was frightening to me. It was terrifying to me because of this negative core belief that ethics are jerks and that I I'm not an athlete. I don't I don't compare to them. I'm not enough. But I also started to gain weight. And so I realized I have got to do something about gaining weight. I got to, to do something to take better care of my body. And so I remember walking into the gym for the first time I signed up for a gym that came with part of my employment. It was a benefit of my employment. And I remember walking into the gym and being absolutely overwhelmed and terrified. The smell of sweat was really strong. I looked at all of these machines. I didn't know how to use any of them. And so I walked out. But I knew that I needed to keep going back and going back. And so I continued to try and go back. And as I did so, my shadows of shame would absolutely show up. The judge was there saying, what do you think you are doing? You are never going to measure up here. You're not an athlete. You suck. This is a horrible place for you to be. You're not strong enough. You're weak. And my impotent one was definitely there too, like... 
You should just give up. This is way too uncomfortable. This is too hard for you. I, I know that you feel really uncomfortable. You just need to leave. Accept the fact that you're going to get fat and and die of heart attack or something. Just accept it. And so those shadows of shame were definitely playing a role. And so I would just put my headphones on and I would try my best to do my workout. I would isolate myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was afraid that somebody would come up and tell me that I was doing it wrong. Uh, I just put my head down and I would run on the treadmill or I would try lifting weights. And the whole time I had my shadows of shame standing next to me, just beating me up, diminishing me. As this is all going on, I, I started to experience this dysphoria because people would start to recognize me at the gym and they would start to wave at me. They'd start to say hello. They would come up and they would talk to me. And immediately I would feel this fear in my gut. My, my thought was, why are you talking to me? Uh, don't you know I don't belong here? Uh, are you going to make fun of me? Are you going to tell me that I'm doing it wrong? Are you going to say that I am horrible and that I don't belong here? There was pure terror going on inside of me because that negative core belief was tattooed on my heart that athletes are jerks and I don't belong here. I wanted to do something about that negative core belief because I knew it was not helping me. I actually joined an adult soccer team, which was incredibly healing for me, but it was also absolutely terrifying. I remember getting my jersey and that same fascination of it, it's multicolored and thinking, wow, and I would go to practices and I, it was so hard for me to get out of the car and to stand on the field and try to do the runs. It was clear that my sports skills could use a lot of refinement. At the same time, the members of the team were accepting of me. They accepted that I wasn't that great of a sportsman. Um, they told me that I did have some talent, which was frankly surprising to me. They recognized that I was probably never going to be the one who makes a goal, but they were very kind and supportive of me, and they were encouraging to me. And as that was going on, that was not matching what my negative core belief was, that athletes were jerks and I don't belong here. And so as a result, that negative tattoo started to be erased a little bit. I had more opportunities to start challenging my core belief. A friend of mine invited me to join a mud run. I'd always wanted to join a mud run. I had heard of friends and colleagues who had joined mud runs, and I had heard that it was actually a really fun experience, that people were really supportive and helpful to each other. And I said to myself, that sounds like fun. I'd love to do that. But man, my shadows of shame and kept saying, who do you think you are? Why do you think you should be good enough to join a mud run? You're going to suck anyway. You're probably going to give up. It's going to be an embarrassing experience, so you should just not do it. My friend said, hey, do you want to do one? There's going to be one happening here in Yuma. And I, I said, sure, almost without thinking. But the moment that I said, sure, man, those shadows of shame were like, what are you thinking? It's going to be a horrible experience. It's going to be awful. You should just you should just back out right now. But I didn't. And as I I got my jersey and I got my number and I was what this is this is so dysphoric. There's this weird feeling like I'm excited and I'm terrified all at the same time. And the truth was there were no haters. Everybody that was in my group, there was a competition group, but I didn't join that. I just joined the one where everybody was doing it for fun. 
And I did. And I had a great time with my friend, and my wife joined me, and, and we had a great time. We got our picture at the top of the hill, and it was a beautiful memory for me. And again, the eraser started to erase that negative core message that athletes are jerks and that I don't belong here. One of my best friends is preparing for an Ironman right now, and he's spending a ton of time running and biking and swimming. And he'll call me sometimes when he's running, or he'll call me when he's biking just to talk. And I am so proud of him. And I was sharing with him the negative core belief that I have that athletes are jerks. And he said, well, do you think that I'm a jerk? And I said, no, I don't think you're a jerk at all. And again, that experience started to erase some of that negative core belief that athletes are jerks. My friend, he's one of my best friends. I know he loves me and I know he accepts me and I'm so proud of him for what he's doing. And so as I began to erase these negative core beliefs that athletes are jerks and that I don't belong here, I noticed a shift. I noticed that my willingness to maybe go up and talk to other people at the gym was, was there. I wanted to say hello. I started to get to know some of the people. I started to have conversations with them in the process and got to know them and find that they're really nice people. Now, I understand that there are some athletes out there who are jerks. It's not black and white. But the reality of my adult experience with the athletes that I have met are that they are encouraging, friendly, and supportive. And that's doing a lot to erase that negative core belief that athletes are jerks, and it's also erasing the negative core belief that I don't belong here. And so, when that runner waved at me the other day, and I had that same dysphoric feeling, I've had this belief that you're a jerk, and yet you're being friendly to me, you waved at me, you don't even know me, and you waved at me. And the tears started to flow, and I felt more of that negative tattoo leaving my heart, and I waved back. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.